0: I am Danika and I am Myra and this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space
1: to discuss mental wellness,
0: a space to dive into soul care and vulnerability.
1: Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing
0: while also giving you the
1: work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Y'all, it's official. We are an Amazon affiliate. And it's only right because our Let's Heal book is offered on Amazon. If you haven't already checked it out, go ahead and click the link in our description and check it out. Help us support you while we support us, while we all support each other, if you know what I'm saying. All right, y'all, check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Black Women Healing Pod. Um, and today we have always a special guest. We have Jamair. Um, And y'all know we get names right over here. So I had to ask, so make sure y'all know this is Jamir Harris. Um, He's an educator and author and a lot more. We're gonna talk about that a little later, but as usual, we're gonna go ahead and start off with a random topic. Um, So (laughs) randomly, right? Um, If you, let's say that, um, let's say the money wasn't an option, right? if money wasn't an option what do you think your life would be like if like there was no such thing as needing money to do anything
0: this so much i was asked this two days ago for real yeah and like <laughs> week before that why do i keep getting asked this?
1: i don't know you might, <laughs> might want to think about that because i don't know
0: <laughs> that is creepy and you said it usually people be like if you hit the lotto if you blah blah, blah. but the way you said it is the way i've been asked what, like the fourth time this month?
1: I don't know, Myra. What, what's that mean?
0: <laughs> I mean, I just basically said what I would do is I would go to neighborhoods who need help. Um, so my traveling would be to, to places that need help and probably implement new things to help them there. So if it's like a community that needs a community center, if it's like, you know, how that hurricane just hit New Orleans, I'd go there and help those people. And then in between, I would spend more time with family because I feel like people are basic and always say travel. I travel all the time. So that's fine. I feel like, you know, there's more things I want to do that involve me getting up and doing other things. So that was my answer for the fourth time. Or oh, it is just the fifth time.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not I mean, that's a good answer. I mean, I, I do still I recognize the travel piece like you just said of like um, you do travel a lot. So that's something that you're not necessarily like missing mm-hmm. necessarily because of money. Um, and now that you, when you said family, obviously I'm like, oh, I would be able to come home more because money wouldn't be an option. Um, and I'm thinking if money's not an option, then time won't probably be an option uh, or not an What's it called? Um, Obstacle. Yes, exactly. So a lot of times money is time is an obstacle because of money right Mm -hmm. so if i have more time then i mean i could probably focus on i mean i try my best to take care of my mental health but i'll have even more time to just like chill out and really focus on me uh what's happened what's happening inwardly right um and it just makes me think about spending more time with the people that i love even just doing things that usually cost money just being able to be like you know what let's go to a play today right uh, let's go to an amusement park and not having to pay for like those types of experiences um uh, I think would be pretty cool I think yeah I think mainly my life would just be me experiencing more with the people that I care about in my community um yeah I I do I do think too like pieces of like Myra was talking about like helping out the community too because sometimes once you get to a certain space it's like, I love community work, but I do need money to survive. So I can't do everything. And again, the time thing too. So it's like, at this point I I do, I need to get paid for speaking engagements and stuff because like I have to survive. (laughs) So that would be my thing. So what about you, Jamar? Um, I think
2: all of my grandiose ideas and dreams, as far as like wanting all these different nonprofits and things like that, I would I would just be able to do those. Um, I have a big passion for women, a big passion for young women, a big passion for women, young women without their mothers. I grew up without my mother. And so um, I would just do those things because I had I didn't have to have the means to do them. And then I would travel more. I mean, I travel, but I would travel more, more yeah. abroad. Um, and then the freedom just to, to like, consistently be in a creative space you know I'm an author so those opportunities because you have work I'm uh, currently finishing my degree just all those things kind of stifle your creativity sometimes so if you alleviate the pressures of having to do those things then it makes more time for you know you to operate and live in in more creative spaces so just kind of living out my dreams
0: yeah for sure
1: yes all of that living out your dreams and it's, it's it's wild that money stops certain things like like you know to be able to you know to, when we like talk about it right now and it's like it stops you from doing so much but that's uh-huh. yeah but right that's <laughs> it really, yeah, true as Which is, yeah. it,
2: may take more work. it may take more work but you're right you can you can do anything that's
1: yeah. so true i don't know nobody who's living without money who lives in the united states
2: Living thought, without money
0: in general, like period.
1: Yeah, I don't. Do y'all?
0: No, I don't. I think I was more <laughs> saying I don't think that money has to hold back your dreams because I feel
1: like oh yeah. mm-hmm. and I feel
0: like people get held back from this money thing. Like even like starting businesses, people are like, yeah, I don't have the money. When it's just like, I started a lot of things with twenty dollars. I don't think you really need to have the money, and I've made more money with that twenty dollars that I started with. So I think that you can do anything
2: yeah I that. yeah it's a mindset shift for sure
1: mm-hmm. I feel it I feel it okay a little motivation <laughs> motivation start off y'all hear, it? y'all hear it um but let's go ahead and introduce our guest so um uh, today we have Jamara Harris uh she's a mother by day and a black author plant mom and book collector by night we love to hear it um <laughs> She is an early childhood educator by trade and has lived and breathed young children for the majority of her adult life, uh, 12 and a half years to be exact. Her passion for young children led to her passion for families as a whole. Being an educator has allowed her to have a small peek into the lives of families and created the desire to help them with their everyday struggles of parenting. Her hope is that through positive discipline, that she can help to create a safe space for parents to gain knowledge, tools, and a different perspective when it comes to raising their children. So as y'all can hear, like she's out here, like she said, she's been doing this for 12 and a half years uh, mm-hmm. and positive discipline we threw in there. So we are gonna start off with, how would you describe positive discipline in a way that is easy for folks to understand?
2: Yeah, great, great question. Um, I think when you just break it down, it's simply a tool for your toolbox. That's one of my favorite phrases just for life. Like we have, we're toolboxes. And so we need tools for our toolbox, whether you're know you operating spaces of being an employee or being a mother or a father, whatever it may be. Um, you need things to go to, you need resources. And so these are tangible methods to you know help you to have a different parenting style. So that you can just you know be to be a better parent so that's that's in short that's what it is
0: yeah for sure and we met in a positive discipline class so i was like let me come back because positive discipline isn't my jam like i feel like i need to learn about it a little bit more before mm-hmm. it becomes like my thing like i use some of the principles so I'm mm-hmm. like, let me have her come and you know talk about it because i don't know if y'all are active on twitter but a lot of, like, the Twitter population, the parents in particular, have been leaning towards this, and I feel like there's, like, two groups. There's a group of people that don't know what it is, uh-huh. and there's a group of people that know so much about it, and uh-huh. the people that know so much about it, I feel like they don't really explain it in a way for people to understand, so uh-huh. that's I was like, let me use this platform for people to better understand it, because that's great. Uh-huh. I feel like it offers so much, whether it be how you communicate in the workplace, like you said, whether it be with your children, like, I feel like we need to know about this more, so especially Black families. So I that you're here.
2: Yeah. Yes, we did meet in a positive, can I share that story or no? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I, I just told you this a couple of weeks ago, but I, that moment that we met has stuck with me because I think for, I don't know if this has been everyone else's experience or a lot of people's experience, but Black women, sometimes we're in spaces and we see each other and we don't speak to one another. We don't, we don't make it a habit and it's sad, you know? And so I'm sitting over there, you know, with the, the person that I came with and we're doing our thing. And Myra just hops up, comes over, invites me, speaks to me. And I, that literally, that experience has literally stuck with me since mm-hmm. that happened two years ago. I think it's been two years now, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always thank her, thank you, uh, because we don't do it enough right? And so I was so happy that we were able to connect and meet and now, you know, growing and building and doing different things together. So I I love that you did that and that memory has stuck with me.
0: Yeah, of course. we are going to keep it going too. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So I'm curious what sparked your interest in being educated in positive discipline?
2: So I spent years in the classroom um, being an early childhood educator and parents would always say, Oh, Miss Harris, um, I'm not going to say Susie, um, <laughs> Ashley-, <laughs> Ashley does not act like this at home for me. I have such a struggle. She's a different person, those types of things. And so when you're an educator, you hear this all the time. Children are different at school than they are with their parents. Sometimes it's they're, you know, they kind of act out at school and they're good at home, supposedly, or vice versa, Right and so i was like i would always want to i was like i'm going to start coming into people's homes like i'm going to be the black man 911 <laughs> and so um you know when we had we had a shift in our leadership at you know the private school that i was teaching at and you know i told her i want to better use my skill set i love the classroom but it's time for me to move forward um, i am really good with connecting with parents and families they trust me they love me they take the things that i Tell them to do with their children they apply it at home it tends to work i want to do something with this she had been um trained in positive discipline and she's like oh we're gonna go to positive discipline you would love it um i had moved into an area of my job i came out of the classroom so i was working with parents i was doing enrollment and so she would be like let's go to positive discipline you learn that and then let's give it to our parents because they're they're wanting this they're like how do i get order at home. And so it came out of me having just a strong desire to help families after 6 p.m., right? I have your child from seven to six, and then you go home and you're like, I don't even know what to do with them or how to get them to put their shoes on before we you know, we head out the door, just simple things that I knew that I could help them with. And so we went to Positive Discipline, it was great. Came back to my job at the time started um, offering classes to our parents what wow. would you
0: say are some areas of um, support the positive discipline kind of step home like i'm hearing you saying like you know the struggle in communicating certain things with the child what are some areas that you can give examples so people get a better grasp of where it kind of comes in because to me i see it as like a lifestyle so like we're mm-hmm. hearing you talk about okay there are certain areas so i'm curious what are those areas that is most helpful to
2: utilize it? I think the largest area um, that I've seen, especially in teaching it is with, it, it starts with us as parents.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I think that that's overlooked. A lot of the time when we see certain behaviors in children, we're like, oh, that child is acting out. We don't often link it to their environment. Mm-hmm. Positive discipline when, and you learn so much more about it when you're teaching it, that's with anything, right? So when you're teaching it and you're breaking down these concepts with these parents, or you're saying, okay, you know, Jameeric is not tying, she can't get her shoes on before we leave the house is super frustrating. She can't walk outside without shoes on. Really, that's not a kid problem. That's a you problem as an adult. So I think the largest area is with ourselves and us letting go of those thoughts that we had about children about ourselves about how we were raised how it's supposed to go mm-hmm. it's supposed to go how you and your family design it to go and i think people fall into that trap of parents your moms are supposed to be this way dads are supposed to be this way and kids are supposed to be this way that's not true mm-hmm. yeah. and then we so i think the, to answer your question it's us that's the largest area when you when i was in classes with these parents and we're talking they're like, oh, this is about me. <laughs> yeah, it's about you, <laughs> you know? So I think it's, you know, and then it's about them, but it also, what I love about positive, and it's while it's breaking that down for you, it's also giving you tools, because obviously after they leave class, they still got to go home to Jameer and and figure giving you tools to start the undoing of the doing,
1: hmm.
2: you know?
0: Yeah. It's making me think about, you know, if we can get on a personal level, you talked about, you know, like your mom not being there. And I know you have your daughter and you two have a very tight relationship. And I'm wondering how this has influenced
2: your relationship with your daughter. Oh, wow. Um, that's my best friend. That's my best friend. She's <laughs> eight. But that's my best friend. Um, I had one. I'm, I've am i always been like extremely op- open-minded. So When I was going to have her, I was never the mom. I was wise enough to understand that I have mommy issues, that I need to handle those mommy issues before I bring this little girl into the world or not even handle them, but start to work on them because I didn't want to give her my stuff, Hmm. right? So I had to work on forgiving my mom. I had to process through what I was feeling about what, why am I mad at my mom? Why am I, you know, all those things I had to work through so that I don't give it to her. Right. And, and I was very aware. I had great people around me um, just that I was able to pull from too. Um, but I was blessed to have the, the wherewithal to say, you got to handle that stuff because it's good. You're going to give it to your kid and you don't mean to, but we give our stuff to our kid and it's not theirs to carry. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that. And so my and then I think part of my job is to help young men and women start to realize that too. I had people in my life who were able to help me. I okay, I got it together, but a lot of us don't know that. That we take our parent how we were parented, and we literally just do the same thing with our children for the most part. Yeah. And some of it's great, but some of it's not so great. Mm-hmm. So you gotta work with those things. And so I i am working through those things i have worked through those things but i'm constantly working through those things i'm not afraid to apologize to my child i'm not afraid to say um mommy needs a minute a break um we are very communicative over here and i allow her a voice as well right so i allow her to where in the black community that's unheard of girl my dad looks at me like <laughs> you know like, so he's like in all right <laughs> all this but you know when i was like you know what i'm not gonna spank i'm not gonna spank sarai and he's like <laughs> looking at me like are you okay? you know but i think over the years he has seen that it can work you know that it, it is possible it's not easy but it is possible for us to have healthy boundaries healthy communication styles with our children even when they're young i think that we don't think they're capable and they are so you know, ha- me doing the work has helped me be, be a better parent for her and trust girl. When she's 30, it'll be something I didn't do. And, you know, she'll be signing up for therapy for something that I didn't do. Right. Um, and that's okay. But I think the focus of a lot of my therapy work. So I,
0: the bulk of my clients, we all, uh, they're all working through this exact same thing. Wow. And I share a book with you all. And the book is, um, parenting the mm-hmm. inner Mother." It's written by a white lady, but she acknowledges that in the very beginning and she lets you know that you know her stance is gonna be a little bit different and you know, working to learn also. But all my clients that I've had read it, they love okay. the book. So even if you just
2: read the first chapter, it's a great book. I'm writing it down. You know, I'm a I'm, my book collection is great. I know you got another <laughs> book, girl. <laughs> yes, I do, yes I do. I do. <laughs>
0: What are some um, quick tools we can
2: share with our audience from Positive Discipline? Okay, I wrote them down because I'm that person. Um, I have four and then I have a bonus. I love a bonus. So one, family meetings. Have them. I'm going to kind of go through them quickly, but uh, have them. Have family meetings. Include your children. It's important. You are partners with your children. You're not a dictator. Um, Two, do versus don't focus, let's start to focus on what children can do versus all the things they can't do. Uh, because it's just a negative connotation around all these things they can't do. Well, let's find some things you can do. It sets the tone. It just shifts the tone. Three, encouragement. Encourage your child. They need to hear it. They need to feel encouraged. Uh, four, um, a positive timeout right? So in early childhood education, we don't, tip, we don't really believe in timeouts. We don't give timeouts in class. It's not a thing. Uh, you can go and have some alone time, you know, to get it together. Um, positive timeouts are creating a, a safe space for your children to go and deal with those um, big emotions that they're having, right? Everyone needs a moment to kind of process so do children so don't make it a negative thing make it a positive thing make it cozy put some fun things in there for them to do they just need a moment and parents we you need a moment too so positive timeout. and then of the bonus routines children thrive off knowing what is next and what is going to happen okay. um children particularly our black children have a lot of anxiety you know, sometimes it's passed down. Sometimes it's just their environment. They want to know what's next. Mm-hmm. We as Black parents often are like, well, you don't need to know. Why not? Why can't they know? You know, so routines. <laughs> let the child know. Let it be visible. Let them see it. Let them be involved in it. And then I'm asking you 20,000 questions. You're like, oh, it's all- it's all chart, you know? So those are my, my quick tools.
0: What do family meetings look like? Like do you call them at a certain time? Like how do how do family meetings work? So
2: you yeah you schedule them, right? Because you want it to be intentional, and you say hey we're gonna have a family meeting. Man, I have so when I learned this in positive discipline I'm like oh family meeting because I had so much anxiety around family meetings because my father got married when I was around eight and mm-hmm. I had a mom and she was great excuse me but she not but she loved to have family meetings, but they were always surrounding something bad. Mm. And so, you know, it's like, oh, we're only going to talk when something's going wrong. Well, how about one, can we be preventive? And then two, um, can we have a family meeting to celebrate something? Yeah. Right. So, so I think that for when I first heard family meetings, I'm like, oh no, no, no. (laughs) Like I won't be telling my parents to do that. But mind shift, let your children know ahead of time, right? We're going to have a family meeting. It's just to discuss whatever it is that it's to discuss so they can start to process too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you involve them. People are like, well, how can I involve a two-year-old? They can color. They can color on the sheet of paper. You can talk to them. You can still communicate with your children in so many different ways, right? Um, Then when they're older, when they're three and they're four, you can ask them like, what do you think is most important? You know, say you're a lot of people have family meetings around um, like routines and schedules. If we're talking about positive discipline, cause that's a big thing. Yeah. So they'll say, you know, what do you think is more important for before bed? Because what's more important to me is that you take a shower, you put out your clothes, um, you can have your dessert, brush your teeth, you know, all the things you're supposed to do before bed. And, you know, you'd be surprised what a three or four year old might say, but I think it's important to honor them because you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. That's the saying? So if Sarai's like, you know what, mommy, I want to, I don't know, every other Wednesday or every other day, instead of reading before bed, because that's something she has to do. Can I watch a show before bed? What is the big deal? Why is that? Why am I so just? holding on to the fact that you know what I mean so if if I think if you include them honor their their voice you have you have a a better chance of just having a more um fluid relationship with your child instead Mm -hmm. of just dictating to them all the time no one likes that so they're of course they're of course they're going to be rigid you know and go against what you're saying because they're like I don't get to do anything I want to do
1: ever you know so
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: have them I yeah you're talking about that makes me think about like the power and control piece that parents usually will have a feeling like if I don't have the control over my kid, then that is when they become right um what is the yeah. word Because I don't like to call kids bad at all oppositional uh, oppositional great word that is when they become oppositional when you don't have power and control so right. if if you allow your kid in this family meeting, if your kid, if your kids suggests watching the show and you allow them to do that, then some would say, you no longer have the control and power, right? Mm-hmm. And now your daughter does. So mm-hmm. she's not going to listen to you anymore because you let her do whatever mm-hmm. she wants to do. right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? This power control I, that parents yeah. think that they should have. Yeah, I
2: love that because you're absolutely right. But I think nothing is ever one way. That's not even life. That's not even how like life works and the universe operates. Everything has a balance. There's a yin and yang. There's a positive and negative to everything in life. And so it's not just one way. And that's, and I think that also comes from just like old school upbringing, right? Try it. I think a lot of people who say that too haven't even tried it. Right. Why does, she, and why, and, and parenting for me isn't about control. I don't want to control anyone, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Honestly, I don't. I don't. I don't desire to have control over any human being. You came in this world alone. You're gonna leave this world alone. Yeah. I, my daughter, you know, and it's hard. And uh, when you um, have your child, because they're like you're like you're me. You came from me, you know. Especially you're black right. people. I brought you out I can say it's like okay, I, I get it, you know. Yeah. But and, and I joke with my daughter like that, like girl. I pushed you out eight pounds, 14 ounces. You know, I give her the whole thing. Uh, but she is her own person. Yes. Right. Right. I can give her all the things and she's going to grow up and make her own decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't desire to have control. So I think for Black people, and I love to speak to Black parents because I'm a Black parent. For Black parents in particular, we have to let that go. Yes. And you don't knock it don't, till you try it. Yeah. why control over what a relationship and I I made a um I did a um a newsletter about this correction con- connection before correction
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm connecting with you I'm your voice is being heard I'm listening to you and so your think about you as an adult if someone listens to you in a friendship relationship and it's open with you and oh Myra you want to go to Indian tonight okay great We don't, you know, we don't ever ask you where you go. You're more prone to next time. Honey, where do you want to go? Because that was offered to you. So I think we have to realize that one, we're not, we don't want to control our kids Um, because what what are they going to do when you're gone? And not even physically gone, just when they go to college. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I'm not going to be in Sarai's ear like, hey girl, don't watch TV before bed. (laughs) She has to learn that those things at this time, at eight, that mm-hmm. there's balance in life, that some days I'm going to read before bed, some days I'm going to, oh, and I had autonomy over that. I made my own decision about that. Mm-hmm. So, You're
0: yeah. making me think about this meme that's been going around on Instagram. You probably saw it. And I keep seeing it. I don't know, this no. everything is like, I'm seeing the same things, hearing the same things. So creepy. Me too, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, there's this meme that's been going around and it talks about, you know, children who are raised by strict parents. Mm-hmm. And talk about when you become an adult, it's so hard for you to make choices. And it's so hard for you to navigate through the world. And you're oftentimes stuck in situations you don't want to be in because you don't know how to get out of them. Yep. And, then, you know, it's interesting now I'm starting to become a mother and something my mom keeps saying to me is, you know, it's going to be like a little you. And I keep telling her, I don't want a little me. I want somebody that's going to be their own person. I want Uh to people make choices for themselves, who will go out in the world and feel okay with going out in the world by themselves. So Uh I'm I'm happy that you're like touching on that and you have someone that you could show as an example of, (laughs) this is the person I'm doing this with (laughs) and it's working, right? Because Uh I would love to see her in 10 years as a teenager and then 10 years after that as an adult and how she navigates through the world because it's going to be beautiful. When she yeah. has struggles and things like that, she'll probably call you, but first thing she'll do is think for herself and you know yeah. tap within to make those choices. So I'm appreciate that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And that's what we want. For ultimately I think that's the goal. I think that we haven't been taught as black people how to do that. Yeah we haven't, we yeah. haven't had the freedom. We, I was just speaking to people last night that black people haven't had the freedom to do a lot of thinking for ourselves, period. Right. So that's to us. What do you mean? Think for yourself. We were enslaved for so long where that was, you got killed for thinking for yourself. So we have to unlearn all of that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's most definitely it's powerful. And it's so interesting. Cause I feel like that question is the opposite of the next question i'm about to ask you and i've heard people be like i wouldn't be where i'm at without the punishments the whoopings, all of that yeah. um and so sometimes you hear that so i mean and this is an open question for you too myra like what are your personal thoughts on these types of comments of people who have received like these punishments and i guess negative discipline right what would y'all say about that i never got whooping so <laughs> i mean oh I got- wow.
0: I got one, and my uh-huh. mom was like, the way that you hurt like that, I would never want to hurt my child in that type of way. And my dad never whipped me. How old was you? Was, Sorry, how old, was, old was you? Like seven.
1: So you remember it?
0: Oh, I remember it because, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was grabbing all types of belts, and she said, you know what an extension cord it would be because you grabbing these crazy-looking belts. <laughs> wow. Just <This, laughs> grabbing the the <laughs> <laughs> Right. But I remember from there, I mean, my mom is not the perfect parent, granted, but I remember from there, my mom having conversations with me and finding other ways to discipline me. And I remember trial and error. Like, I remember I had to copy from the dictionary till I got to be, like trying things out. But I only got that book and I never got any other whoopings. And from that, I, I, I feel like I came out perfect almost from <laughs> my childhood. So I don't plan to whip my child because I had that.
2: I didn't get yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I was spanked, okay? <laughs> <laughs> me too. I was spanked. Um, my father, um, I, he didn't spank me. I probably can remember one time he spanked me um, and he never did it again. And then when he was married, you know, my stepmom did spank us because that was because we were being raised in a Christian home. And that is, you know, kind of status quo, right? Um And... You know, so when you get older and you have a, you start to have a kid, you start to process those things. Like, is that best? Is that best practice for children? And it's just not, right? So, you as an adult, I try to like think of how do we want to be treated as adult now that we have voices and we're thinking for ourselves and all that. Okay, now bring it back down to a child's level, right? Myra, if I want to communicate something to you, am I going to hit you? Mm-hmm. Right? No. So I have a I have books to share with you guys at the end, but one of the books is um, all about love by Bell Hooks. Mm. Oh yes, yes, and yeah, and she talks about. So to answer your question, first of all, no, right? I don't think spanking your who hit her who hit us to get in line. Mm, our slave masters. So we're carrying so that- on. Hmm. Why do I want to pass that on to my child? But we're only doing, and I'm very gracious with people. I give a lot of grace because I understand we're only doing what we know.
0: Yeah.
2: We're not trying to, for the most part, we're not trying to hurt our children. We're trying to get them to listen, get them to fall in line, save them from the world, right? That's what we would say. Like, I'm going to correct you here because when you get out there, you can't talk crazy to that cop because you're going to get killed we're trying to save our children that's what we're trying to do because why back in slavery days if you were out of line with the slave master they would whip you or hang you or whatever so you know what I mean you're trying to save your kids and I think that we just have to have more education around it so no I don't think that I think we need um, I think we need better tools right so if we spend more time trying to educate our people which I think we're all trying to do to give them an alternative, Mm -hmm. some of that will be undone. Mm -hmm. A lot of that will be undone. Um, I forgot I was going to make a point um, before I got into that. But oh, Bell Hooks, she talks about how you grow up in a home where you're yelled at when you do something wrong. Instead of shown the right way to do it, mistakes are okay. This is how you do it. Mistakes happen. And then you're hit, for doing something wrong. But your parents, what do parents tell you? Well, Myra doesn't know what she wasn't saying I love you. I read the first chapter. This is interesting, you I love you. Yep. So I hit my child and I tell them, I but I love you. So then they we grow up as men and women and we get in relationships with people, with friends, with you know romantic relationships. And we get mistreated often. -hmm. But then people turn around and say, I love you. you. And then you're sitting back as a parent, like, well, why did you let that man put their hands on you? Or as a man, why did you let that woman put her hands on you or mistreat you or do these things? And you're that you don't know. You don't know why. But it's because that's what you did Mm -hmm. as my parent. Yeah. We're not ready for that conversation.
0: We're not. I think that we forget that oftentimes our childhood is the foundation of how we navigate life. And while we want to unlearn things, we want to relearn things, some things happen unconsciously. So like how you're saying like about these relationships, these things happen unconsciously. So we can't look and say, why are you in that relationship? Or why do you let that happen? The answer is going to be, I don't know. I don't know how to get out of it. It's because of the foundation that you were taught it's right
1: there no. but it's no. not easy to admit that no nope yeah I think it don't, no, I I think it's a it's weird I think it most definitely is like obviously the like the positive discipline side of it and not hitting your kids is the in my opinion the better option but you do have those who even with the positive discipline, they're still going to experience, or sometimes you'll meet them and you like, you know, you hear like the, you need a whipping type of thing or because sometimes like people are going to turn out how they turn out type of thing, right? So yeah. like I got whippings. When I look back, I don't like certain things. I don't link to it, but do I think it necessarily helped me? No, I could. I think I would have been fine without them. You know what I'm saying? Like, but for me personally, I don't think that, Like, I don't have like the traumatic piece of it also because there's different types of whoopings and spankings as well and I don't think uh-huh. I got like that type I don't I know extension cords, nothing nothing wild like that I didn't I didn't get any of that but yeah. you do you know you hear those folks and you do see folks who who did not get those types of who even maybe even got positive discipline right and uh-huh. they are not they sometimes may not be what you know the I don't even because it's I don't because I think people should be who they are, but like it, it's not all good on sometimes the positive discipline positive discipline side as well. Does this make sense? Uh, what I'm trying to say, y'all. That reminds me of toxic positivity. Aha! Uh-huh.
2: Like oh everything's so great everything. That's not what positive <laughs> discipline is about. Like I said before, it's about just putting tools in your toolbox. Do I get my daughter is an angel? Okay, I'm biased, but she truly is heaven sent. I still get frustrated. She still doesn't do things that I want her to do. She still forgets that, you know, when she rolls out of bed in her bonnet to make it, you know, like that's going to happen. The, I think the goal is to just lighten that load. Mm-hmm. And so that they're not repeating toxic cycles, one with our children and two, it just, it's going to offer a, a just room for a better, more fluid, relationship with your child it's not a fix-all nothing because there's no fix-all there you're two humans trying to get along you know with two different personalities it's literally a relationship and so I think it just lightens the load and so we instead of going toward the hitting or the screaming and the yelling and because that's just as bad as the hitting um you just have tools to say you know what I need a moment, you need a moment. But what I think that you were touching base on, uh, touching base with was toxic uh, positivity Mm -hmm. Uh, and just thinking, oh, everything was, you know, everything's good all the time. And that's not what positive discipline is. The discipline is part of the world for a reason, you know. They weren't necessarily getting positive discipline, they were probably just running their household, which is totally different. Yes. Right. And, or, you know, they just, so when you see, oh, people weren't getting spankings or there weren't any rules or routines and things like that, you're seeing the the opposite end of that. Back to what I said previously, it's all about balance. That's like my word for the year. If it doesn't have balance, it's not healthy. Extremes just aren't healthy. I only, I, I don't operate in spaces of only, I only do this. Cause you don't. Right.
1: So. I appreciate that I appreciate these answers I think it's and I think that it's good these are good discussions to have with you know people around you your community in general because it is very interesting the different experiences we've had surrounding weapons Myra I think you're the first person I've met who has not got weapons um not like for real um <laughs> and you know like you just said like yeah like you're 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 great um and you know you you have some you know get some boundary skills and all these types of things and I don't think that you have control over your household and all of that I think you still recognize your parents are your parents and you know respect for anybody though right um but yeah like I do like what you're saying um about the fact that it's balanced to it because you do that is where it comes in where you do you see like the kid who talks to the parent and tells them what to do all the time and it'd be All like time. like yeah. and, and it is like cringy almost too it's almost it's just as cringy as watching a kid get a whooping you know it Like, is. like is. what is going on here um but yeah balance balance y'all that's the word <laughs> okay so um As far as families, I know you've kind of talked about it, it, talked about like different practices. Um, So the next question says, how are positive discipline practices helpful for families? If you already touched this, just let us know. (laughs) I I have a
2: list. I have a list. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Because like I said before, I think that when you get into this space of positive discipline as a parent, you're going to realize it's more about you than it is about your child, right? It's more about you and how you're running your household. You set the tone. If you don't know that, you heard it here. You set you and your spouse, your partner, set the tone for your home. And that trickles down to your children, right? If you, if your children... Okay, so let me answer your question first. I can get on the tangent. One, it's a safe place to vent, right? When I had my group of parents who were taking positive discipline with me at base level, they had a safe place to be like, I did spank my child. Am I a bad parent? You know? Yeah, and yeah. then we're like, no. And here's, let's let's unpack that. And let's give you some tools, right? So it's a safe place to vent. Event. It's also to let parents know you're not alone. You're not on an island by yourself. You're in a village. And yes, kids talk back they throw things, they, you know, act out, particularly in public, you're not alone. I think parenting can feel isolated at times, especially if you have a child exhibiting very big behaviors, um, but very big emotions, you're, you feel alone. So it's, it's a chance to say, look, you're not alone. We all go through it. Um, Self-reflection, turn that mirror on yourself, why do you do the things you do? Why are you parenting this way? Are you parenting out of fear? Are you parenting out of, that's just how my mama, you know, raised me. And so that's how I'm gonna raise my child. Um, I'm big on being very intentional. Why do we do the things we do? We don't know. We just are on autopilot a lot of the time. Mm
0: -hmm. This is
2: how, you know, that's how I was raised. So that's how I'm going to raise my kid. So I think if we take time to sit down and reflect and someone's asking us those questions, we can start to Kind of piece things together um and then the last thing i've said it this whole time tools in your toolbox when you get frustrated this is what you can do when your child isn't you know doing meeting their your expectations this is where you can go these are the tools that will help you in these areas of your life that you that you know can have some growth um, so those are the things
0: yes thank you for that yeah As we wrap up, I want to ask, what are some takeaways you have for our listeners?
2: Yes, so um, this is not about being the first takeaway. It's not about being a perfect parent. Um, It's a trying parent. It's an ever evolving and growing person first then so that you can be a healthy parent. Um, We don't remember, we remember experiences and memories and moments um and so as long as you're trying to offer your best parenting foot forward that is what is going to I believe that that is what's going to stay with your child so it's not about being a perfect parent you're not going to have the drop on you know what it is to be a perfect parent when you take this course it's just you're going to have better ways to deal with the things that we all deal with Mm -hmm. um And it's not easy. (laughs) It's not easy. You're going, my parents would leave that classroom and be like, girl, I don't know if I can do that. You know? Um, So it's not easy, but it's worth it. Um, And you don't have, and then my last thing is you don't have to know, or you don't have to have all the answers. I think a lot of our frustration as parents is like, we feel like we have to know all the things. Allow your child to teach you, allow yourself to learn and be teachable from other parents who are doing it like you want to do it you don't know everything and it's okay right so I think those are the things and a
0: bonus question so yeah you learn positive discipline and applying it again to your life what's been one of your favorite things that you enjoy doing with your daughter that you kind of made
2: into like a habit our routines okay yeah so um my daughter is very type A, she's an Aquarius, very type A, very type A personality, very what's next, what's next, what's next, what are we doing, I thought we were going to Target, oh we're not going to Target, but you said, and I am like Miss like blow with the flow, oh we're doing this, we're doing, and she's like honey, no, What? what's going on, what's on the agenda, so um, I have certain expectations just for how she keeps her room, I'm homeschooling her now, so You know, I'm trying to be more flexible and fluid with that. So what I did was there are um, negotiables and non-negotiables. When you wake up in the morning, I do expect you to brush your teeth, wash your face, get something in your body, make your bed, make sure your area is peaceful and ready. Here's what you have to do. You can do that in any order that you want to do, right? Right. So I think um, for me, building a routine with her, because she's my partner, has been just the best thing for us in this space of being home for this year and a half, um, and then our new, our new adventure of, of homeschool. So Nice.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. That's
2: beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um,
1: you told me to have homework, too, for the parents you most definitely this is your time to Sean. you go ahead and, and, and give that homework i love, I love, homework. Homework. I Me love too. homework. so yes oh. give it my were you listening <laughs> <laughs> tell these parents oh. okay you're so funny <laughs> um
2: homework assignment is to one have a family meeting with your child with your children child um and base it around something positive, right? Just have a family meeting to say, hey, we're gonna be having family meetings. What do you wanna talk about? What do you wanna, you know, just, just, come to, just connect with your children outside of the things, outside of going to Disneyland, you know? Just intimate time connection with your children. That's the homework and a, a challenge which I'm working on with my sister is trying to go one day, this is for parents, without complaining mm. just operate and being grateful one day one day and it's hard because we're so used to just kind of spewing out different stuff so one day without complaining um that's my homework I love and, and i have a book list too but we can probably maybe we can add that later but i have books that i my book recommendations yeah you might send
1: them over I'll send them over I'm mm-hmm. in the description yeah we'll do okay. it that way yeah no those are all great I think they're even great for like I'm over here thinking of like especially the one of um like taking a day to not trying to not complain like I'll do that <laughs> you're like I'll do that for my I, I can take I can take that one yeah like no these yeah. are these are great homework so hopefully we have some people who try them out and and you know reach out y'all and let us know how it goes yeah. Yes, yes, please. We love feedback. We love feedback. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Like I, I love this episode, and I'm really glad that Myra uh, reached out to you um because this is a very, very, very important conversation, and I, I do think that it impacts the Black community, especially. So I know we just yeah. getting a taste of it, but I'm hopeful that people who are listening can really have some takeaways. So thank you.
2: Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. This was great. Um, and I'm always happy to share my little piece of knowledge, you know, that I have about certain things. So thank you so nothing much for cool about this. What'd you say?
0: Not little. There's nothing. Oh, thank
2: you. Thank we don't you. Do Little over here. <laughs> You're so sweet. But thank you. Thank you. This was great. Thank you so much. Of course.
1: This episode, y'all, like, I don't know about y'all, but it's reflective um in a good way, in my opinion. But I mean, I don't know. The thing when she talked about like slavery and like the piece of like not having control of and like y'all talked about like decision making and stuff. Like, I don't know. It just really made me start thinking. I start processing like, dang, like that is true. Um, and it made me think too like, did our ancestors um before they were enslaved, folks, were they? Did they? Did they get whoopings? <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like it made me think about that too. Like even before then, right? Like where did whoopings come from? Like where did that come from? I don't know. This is me being reflective, y'all. um But Myra, what about you? How did this hit for you?
0: You're making me think about because I never really realized I haven't had whoopings until we started talking about it, and I was like, wait, I've I've, I've been threatened to get a whooping but I've never really had one besides that one and it's making me think about how you know different household scenes go different ways and so thinking about my dad my stepmom then raised others who didn't have weapons, right and thinking about my mom raising me and not having weapons, we are completely different people like my little brother is the kid that says stuff to the parent and you know us black people be like oh hell no you need to whip his ass like (laughs) he's that child whereas when you look at me and my mom it's the complete opposite so it's just making me think about positive discipline needs to come into more homes and just people being reflective of how they're parenting because you have these kind of similar situations of no weapons but the way kids are raised and the way they respond to their parents I don't know that just really stood out to me
1: yeah so would you say I mean sorry to get a little personal but would you say that like for your brother he's got the the piece of that Jameer was saying of like there there's no balance there where it's just all kind of like he just he's kind of in control of everything
0: yeah so we can get personal I don't care but when it comes to me and my brother's uh interactions you would think I'm the parent because I use positive discipline on him so he respects me oh. I've never had to whip him you know when it comes to like him being disciplined I'm the one who disciplines him well both of them I'm the one who disciplines them like their parents don't and so yeah huh. something to think about
1: yeah most definitely so would you say your mom is the the difference in your life that makes that that made your childhood different or your grandmother too probably right
0: yeah I would say my mom and my grandma because my mom reflecting on her relationship with my grandma and then my mom also like I said like my mom wasn't the perfect parent but I think she tried things out there is trial and error there are some things you know that we're still working through but at the same time I can never say like you know my mom ever had to beat me or whoop me or anything like that because we were able to have conversations not to say all the conversations were the greatest but we oftentimes talk things out or she figured out other ways to discipline me
1: yeah I love it I love it I love it um yeah no it's, it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool when you get to be reflective and also you get to grow and you get to learn like mm-hmm. that is that is always the hope so I mean shout out to all the parents who are just these trying parents as your just was talking about like trying parents Oh, it's no such thing as perfect yeah so, you just I keep trying
0: I agree yeah so I wanted to share something with y'all um people always ask me what is this book I post in my story so I'm gonna just tell y'all it's called Black Pearls it's a daily meditation app at- and inspiration for African-Americans and it's by Eric Kopich. and some of them hit and some of them might be like yeah no they could have saved that but I really like today's um, reading and the theme is flexibility slash purpose so the setup of the book it has a theme it has a quote by someone and then they have a passage and then they have a challenge so like I said flexibility slash purpose and the quote is by Malcolm X and it's by any means necessary so it says by any means necessary means just that It means being, by turns, intensive, rude, obstinate, bold, reclusive, willy, if the situation calls for that. By any means necessary means you don't always have to be polite. We should pursue our endeavors, whether for true freedom and political empowerment, a promotion at work, or better schooling for our children with a mixture of passion, perseverance, and intelligence, which are summed up by the phrase, by any means necessary. And so the challenge of today is, on this day, I will think about the most difficult part of accomplishing one of my goals, and then I will take five minutes to think of a solution to it, and I will seriously consider each solution, no matter how strange or impractical it seems. And I just want to share this because at the beginning of the podcast, things keep happening in weird ways. In the beginning of the podcast, I was talking about how, you know, people often feel like money holds them back from their goals, which I don't believe is true, and so in the middle of the podcast, I was like, I wonder what my little proverb is for today. And I feel like this is directly in line with it. So take with this what you will, but I think that it's a great way to just take some time and reflect.
1: Cool. What's the book called again?
0: Black Pearls, Daily Meditation, Affirmations and Inspirations for African-Americans.
1: I'm ordering that. (laughs) And the book is only like $4, so. It's only $4? Because it's little. Oh.
0: Yeah, it's a little book
1: yeah no i I love that okay most definitely gonna put that in the description as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah i mean anything else mara that you want to touch on nothing i can think of yeah uh, i mean as as always continue to follow us and subscribe and support if you haven't already got you a glass mug or our let's Hill book uh it's usually in our description so always feel free to check that out to add to your catalog. Um, And yeah, we will be back next week with another episode.
0: So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate. And I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's 5 e. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.